Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the wonderful Jen McLaren. We're talking about the lessons that Jen learned from practicing martial arts and how she applied those to her PhD process and in particular to writing. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Jen. Hi there, Emma. Thank you so much for being here um, and for your generosity of spirit in saying, yeah, I'll come and talk. It's just, I'm always blown away because it's just gorgeous people in the world and um, and you are one of them. Um, well, thank you so much. <laughs> and, I, and I'll say that I've been you know, following your, your podcast for a little while and I really appreciate your generosity of spirit. And that's what drew me to wanting to come and chat with you today. Bless you, bless you. Um, see, it's the it's the life of our family. You see, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. Um, so here we are, and um, I'm going to do what I uh, do with everybody, and just just invite you to tell us a little bit about your story into the PhD and and through the PhD, and out the other side, indeed. Yeah, of course. So I was one of those people who kind of grew up in love with my subject. I was in love with film and television from a very young age. And I was also a pretty voracious reader and writer. And so I knew at some point I was going to go on and get a PhD because I I just love the life of the of the mind and of, mm-hmm. of this being a student. But I didn't really know that I could actually connect those two loves together until I ran across this thing called a media studies, you know, degree or a media studies field. And so I went to grad school just sort of out of this having a genuine passion for the topic and thinking, you know, I'm a writer and I love studying and I love reading. So that just makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. And I will say that my grad school experience was largely really quite wonderful and that I was surrounded by loads of really supportive mentors who helped make the academy more transparent, who advocated for me. But in spite of that, I still I still struggled. And a strange thing happened to me uh, probably, a, you know, right after I finished my master's and when I went into my Ph.D. program, because those were connected. I went from MA straight to a Ph.D., And a strange thing happened in that a person who identified for a writer most of her life suddenly decided that I didn't enjoy writing, that writing was this scary thing and that I wasn't good at it. And Mm -hmm. part of that is coming from the culture of the academy in that it's the culture of the red pen, right? It's the critique. It's the constant need to improve, to refine ideas, to progress those ideas and I felt like I was failing all the time mm-hmm. and that I w- I just wasn't good at it. And so I really struggled for a while. And then a curious teacher came along in that I never sort of expected this to happen, but I, I was training martial arts. And the way that I was learning sort of martial arts very fluidly and easily and without inhibitions really became curious to me because I thought, mm-hmm. 
wow, I'm not doing that in how I'm learning to write. I came in and expected to be this great writer and I didn't set myself up to be a learner who was just free and just allowed that to, to, to be free and to happen. And so at that point, I sort of changed my, my association with writing and really tried to adopt a, a different mindset around it uh, to try to make it more free and to try to not be so fearful around it. And it really increased my productivity. And I started reading a lot more professional development um, strategies through a whole host of things. I read about perfectionism and I read about imposter syndrome and I read about time management and project management, all these things that could help me become better at my craft. Mm. And I never really set out in grad school knowing that that was part of what I was going to need to learn. But once I realized that, that that was part of the process of learning and that I didn't need to already know that, I could yes. let myself off the hook and learn it while I was in grad school. And that was really very freeing for me. And I became a much freer writer and I became much better at managing my time, prioritizing writing. And that's really carried me into what I do now. And, you know, primarily I'm, I'm a professor um, at the University of Texas and I, I, you know, so I write and I teach and I also mentor a lot of grad students. And part of what the work that I do with them is, is to try to teach them some of the things that, that I've learned there. Love it. I love it. I love so much about that story. Um, I love, I think lots of people, um, can resonate with the writing part well first of all I love that you had a positive experience for most of the time because it is possible right <laughs> it's possible it, is. it does um, happen I, I think lots of people can could can understand this especially that move from master's to PhD I think there's a particular moment around that because I think a lot of people think yeah no I've totally got this and then they get into the PhD and like oh my goodness something different is happening right mm-hmm. and then yeah, I think stakes are higher yeah mm-hmm. yes 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 and all sorts of stuff comes up but what I love about that is you went oh this is interesting and you talked about curiosity talk about cute and I love that this sense of kind of you went mm, that's really interesting okay I can do something about this and I also I mean the, the big thing in terms of you identifying the mindset as key and that there's there's information out there I, we talk about this a lot don't we on the podcast about this, this kind of this meta information so this mm. information that's going to help you with the project of the PhD and that you dived into that um and and really benefited from that like you say um mm-hmm. and so now you actually help people with their writing and you kind of you you have this the um a, a newsletter and the sub substack um published not not perish and this this gorgeous yeah support for people in terms of writing um which is awesome and we will have the links for um in the show notes because I, I am sure people are going to want to find out more about this um and you you mentioned just now about about the martial arts um mm. and that that opened up something in, different for you and a different way yeah. of learning um can you tell us a bit more about that um, and how that relates to to the the writing. Absolutely, absolutely. So in my second year of the PhD, I started training a new martial art. So cumulative 
all now, all told now, I have about 16 years of martial arts experience, but I started a new one. Yeah, in grad school. And it's, you know, as a side note, it's a great form of stress relief because you have to be so mindful and in the moment when you're there and concentrating. I think it's a great thing for grad students to take up because it really does help you channel energies and, you know, exercise and to be mindful. So, so I'll say that as a caveat. We can talk more about that later on. But in terms of, of what it told me about writing is, when I started that martial art, I was I was new to that particular art, and I came in just sort of with this idea that I was just going to try it. I didn't have any, you know, preconceived notions that I was going to be good at it. I didn't really care if I was good at it. I was just there to learn and to try. And what happened when I was doing that is I lost a lot. I There were lots of things that I didn't know, lots of things that I didn't perform well, but I let go of my inhibitions and I just flowed. I just Mm -hmm. went there and I just became this learning sponge. And this curious thing happened in that I learned really quickly. Mm -hmm. I became like I advanced sort of in the in the art faster than I had advanced in other arts because I hadn't necessarily approached it with the same sense of openness and the same sense of curiosity and the same sense of, you know, releasing inhibitions. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about how when I came in to grad school, when I started the PhD, I sort of expected expected to already be good at writing. I expected to already know how to do all of these things. I expected to know how to prioritize it. I expected to know, you know, what a journal article looks like and how you write one. I just sort of had these great expectations. And so every time I sat down to write, I put these really high standards and it made learning very clunky. It made learning very hard. I had such negative feelings with it. And when I compared that to how I was learning in martial arts, it really was night and day on, on, you know, what my, how my experience was, was unfolding between these two things. And I go back to something an earlier sensei had told me back when I was practicing traditional martial arts, I practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, but when I was practicing traditional martial arts, a teacher once talked about this concept of the beginner's mind, which yes. is, it comes from Zen Buddhism. And it's this idea that as children, we enter the world with this sense of curiosity, the sense of openness where everything is new and we take everything in and we're not worried about outcomes and we're not worried about performance. Like taking a child that learns how to walk. When a child learns how to walk, they stand up they walk maybe a step, they fall down on their bones and they giggle and laugh. And then they get up and do it again. There's this lightness, this freedom that they have. Mm. And so my sensei said that it's important when you are learning something to try to, even as you become more advanced at it, even as you expect to know more, if you're expecting to of yourself to know, you know, how to do something, or the more you get better at it, even that you always have to retain this idea of the beginner's mind. And I thought about those things, my experience in jujitsu, and I thought about my, you know, this, this concept of the beginner's mind. And I thought, how do I apply this to writing? Mm-hmm. How do I write more freely? How do I let go of this fear of the red pen? And I started journaling and flow writing and 
writing shitty first drafts of papers just to let things flow. And this is backed by best practices in writing in that we can't both edit ourselves and creatively let writing flow at the same time because those are different parts of our brain. And so if we self-censor too much, if we beat ourselves down too much, if we critique what were the ideas that we're putting on the page too much before they've had time to really flourish, then you know, it's hard, writing is much harder. And so once I started doing that, I became a much more productive writer. I became a much less self-critical writer. And so I think for, you know, folks listening, you don't have to go out and try martial arts, although I would recommend it in grad school. Mm. Uh, You don't have to go out and do that, but you can think about how do you get back to a space where you've learned something with abandonment and with freedom and without fear of, of what your performance would mean. And that's what I would, you know, challenge listeners to go out and do is to, to find that space where learning is like that for them and then figure out how to translate that into something that might be difficult for you in academia, like writing. Oh, I love that. I love that because this sense of being a, a like a, a professional learner, you know, people mm. come into a PhD program because they have this desire for knowledge and they're a good learner. Like you said, you know, you were right. a really good learner. And mm-hmm. so that's your superpower. Um, and then, as you say, what happens, people often just turn that off and go, oh, no, well, I should know this already. I should know all of it. Um, mm-hmm. And you're you're there to learn and there to be open. And I just I love that. Well, that that very wise soul that reminded you about the beginner's mind and how powerful that is. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I often talk, used to talk to undergraduates about that in terms of that that person that asks the question from a real place of true curiosity. Yeah, <laughs> you know that person in the seminar who does that and opens mm-hmm. up a whole new discussion rather than. Mm-hmm asking the question that they know the answer to so they know it's safe right actually there's real power in that and I just what a what a gorgeous message and a gorgeous reminder and also I also love because see I've I've been writing all this down because it's all gorgeous this this journaling and journaling into flow Mm. um I wonder do you do you still have the that a journaling practice that you use or is that yeah, I do. Absolutely. Actually, that is that is one thing that I instituted then and I have kept with me and, you know, I use in a couple different ways. And so I can talk a little bit about how I use that. So I have a when I'm working on any sort of project, I have one Google Doc where I store all my messy ideas, all the things that, you know, come to me you know, in the shower that comes to me when I'm actually in a writing session and I'm just sort of getting, you know, typing away at the keyboard. You know, I, I, I usually, because it's in a Google doc, I put every entry at the top of the page. So the, the most recent ideas are kind of at the top, but I can kind of read through and see, you know, where I've come. And so as I'm working on a project, I go in and I, I write about those things and I don't, I I do this for me. I always frame it like I'm not writing here for someone else because that invites the revision process. 
And I'm not mm. ready for the, mm. in the journal, I'm not ready for the revision process. Mm. This is mm. just my space to free write, um, to sometimes I start bringing ideas together and I, I start writing drafts of, of how ideas fit together. And then I can put that over into the paper if I want to do that. But it's really sort of a free space. And the other thing that I do in this particular doc document is what I call a diary. And the diary is simply just what I did today, what I discovered, and what I'm going to do next. So this is helpful because it keeps me on track for what I was doing last, what I was thinking about last, what I was reading last, maybe where I was working in the manuscript last, if I'm working on a particular project or you know, that is already you know forming into a journal article or a book chapter or something. But those two things, the journal that's more of sort of the free-flowing ideas and then the diary is a way to kind of keep up with my ideas and to have forward momentum each time I come back to a writing session. So I know what I was just doing. I know the bright ideas I might have come, back, come up with in the last writing session. And then I also know what I'm going to do next. So those are sort of some of the ways that I, I use journaling and, and I do it on every Every writing project that I have, um, every journal article, every chapter of my book had its own its own journal where this is how this was part of my writing process. So such gorgeous words you're using in terms of of um, flowing and freedom and oh, just, just it's feeling lovely. It's feeling lovely, and this sense of also love that that sense. What I did. Um, and and what I'm going to do next so that you kind of this sense of really accompanying yourself on the journey um, and it presumably that helps when you sit down because you're not you're not on your own you've got you're not mm. sitting with a blank blank piece of paper because you've got yeah. these ideas that you, you're you're um, reminding yourself of the place that you were in that right. moment of inspiration right yeah. and another way that I use journaling that I'll just mention briefly is when I started learning about things like perfectionism and imposter syndrome and procrastination, I realized that journaling about how I was feeling about writing was also really helpful. Mm. For example, I, when I was writing my book, I got to a point where I was nearing the end and I was working on one chapter and I was really struggling and feeling very insecure about that particular chapter and starting to feel insecure about the book overall. And then I decided, you know, I need to figure out why I'm feeling this way. What is it about this that is, that is making me feel like my work isn't good? Mm. And so I started journaling, just sort of free writing how I was feeling. And I realized that I was writing that chapter for a senior rock star professor in my department mm. who I greatly admired and who I built up in my mind as being sort of the epitome, the, the audience, the thing that I would need to strive for, the thing that this chapter, you know, the person that this chapter needed to address. When in reality, that wasn't the audience of my book at all. And so in that act of journaling and reflecting on my feelings about writing, I was actually able to uncover that I, I I needed to reframe my audience in my mind. And so I actually reframed my audience to think about my students. 
And that opened up the writing in new and different ways. It, it didn't feel so staccato and it didn't feel so insecure and guarded. Instead, I was I was writing it in a way that, again, you know, to come back to these words, it freed up my writing. It, mm. it allowed me to reframe the block that was in my mind. And so that is, that's another way that I, that I use journaling. So I have the intellectual part of the journal. I have the more logistical part of the journal with the, with the, the diary part. And then I have the, how, if I'm having a writing block or this is hard, how do I work through it? And I, and I use journaling and thinking through my feelings in that space to, to get over those blocks. That's really gorgeous. And this sense of, 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 reflection as a as a tool to take you further so I think there's there's often in academia isn't it's kind of very forward facing it's like just keep going (laughs) go forward yeah and actually what you just talked about there just really reminds us of the power of that of, of actually kind of just reflecting going in a bit deeper seeing what's going on taking a moment because then you're going to go forward with right. power, turbo boosting forward. Right. And that's how we learn from experience. Yeah. We have yeah. an experience, we reflect on it, and then we use that reflection to shift our behaviors in ways that are going to edify the writing or that are going to help us get over any blocks that we have or, you know, do the various things that that really sort of sort of thinking about where you're where you are, being honest with that. And, and being committed to working through those hard things, those hard feelings that come up in order to get a, to, to, to move beyond those or to learn from those. Jenny, it's so lovely to talk to you because I, because I've been stalking you online and I've read this, these, this, um, uh, the, the, um, work that you do in terms of talking about writing this publish, not perish. And, um, the 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 quality there of kind of comfort and the way that you talk about writing in a in a really um it's it's really thoughtful but it has a real sort of compassion but it's also quite very practical in many ways but hearing you talk about it now I, I just now I get it live in terms of your your <laughs> um gentle rigor I guess it is isn't it this kind of mm. this this sense of um it's it's a really beautiful space to be um. And so thank you. Thank you for, for um, well, thank you for the work that you do with that on writing. Um, but thank you also for sort of sharing, sharing the vibe because I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a lot of what I appreciate about your podcast in general. I think that you have that same, what did you call it? The gent- gentle rigor or something. something gentle really, rigor. Gentle rigor. The I gentle rigor gang. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I want to be in that gang, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Definitely, and I just think the the quality of of your work and your writing speaks of that depth of reflection, actually. And I, I think that I think that for others who are who are worried about taking time to reflect and do that, right? I, I think yeah. to kind of to know that that. That will that will speak through and will shine through in your in your work. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think we often think about things like professional development as the thing that we'll do when we have time. Yes, yes. But the reality reality is is that 
it can save us so much time and so much anxiety and so much angst to to figure things out to learn strategies to try to implement those strategies and then also reflect on what works in those strategies and, and what doesn't because that for me is where I found a rhythm to my work mm. and I found more time to do other things in life. Yes. And I think it's so important um, to work at that and to take that part as part of, as part of your PhD uh, yes. studies and part of your experience. Yes. No, I love that. And what you said about doing that, doing that reading around things, because I think also doing that reading around, like you said, you were reading around perfectionism. It then helps to reframe it because it isn't just, I think people often think, oh, it's a problem with me. I've got a problem. And then you Mm -hmm. can go, well, no, actually there's this thing, perfectionism. And, you know, I can relate to that. I can see bits of that and how that relates to me, but it isn't me. It's just a thing. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. it's, and I, I, because I don't, we, we don't need to pathologize ourselves. Um, it's okay. And I think reading can really, well, it's that, that quote, isn't there, that we read to know we're not alone. And this sense mm-hmm. of kind of reading to know that this is not just us. This is this is something that's that's experienced more widely. And this, more importantly, there's things you can do about it. Right, right. There, there is help out there. And it is worth, it is worth your time to do that investigating because it really will will help you on your path, I think. I love it. Mm-hmm. So with that, look at me trying to segue neatly into something else. Because <laughs> I'm aware of time. And this right. goes really quickly. I said before we started, I said it's going to go really quickly. And it, it always... does. It does. It, go, it went very quickly. Um, but I, I'm going to ask for a, t- a top tip. And your work has, as I say, your the your work has so many. You know, the newsletter has so much in it. Um, but I'm going to ask you now if there's something that you would like um, coming out of what we've talked about today. Mm, you can recommend. Yeah. My top tip would be be kind to yourself, mm. and that self kindness that self kindness will release your inhibitions. So you can be the learning sponge you were always meant to be. Oh, I love that. I love that. That sense of actually just being you in the PhD, what power Mm. is there in that? Yeah. Yeah. And taking control of what you want out of it, what you want Mm. your life to be, I think is is so important because I, I feel like a lot of times with the PhD, we we feel like we have to go through certain hoops and our life is completely planned by this external process that is getting the PhD mm. when there's a lot that you can do to take back your own agency and, and to decide how you want to work and when you want to work. And um, so I think it is, I think that that really is, you know, it's a key factor to your own well being, but it's also a key factor to your productivity to your being able to write, to being able to do, to do the things that you want to do, that is really connected to freeing yourself in a lot of ways from those pressures and finding outlets. Like for me, it was martial arts, finding those outlets that can help you really stress and to, 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 you know, allow your mind to be more open and free when you are working and you are learning. Um, Here, here. Here, yeah, here. yeah. 
that's speaking my language. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you want a little bit of Jen in your ear (laughs) on the regular, then you can sign up to our newsletter. And um, I will say I will have the I'll have the links in the in the um, show notes. But thank you so much, Jen. And thank you for reminding us how important it, it is. And how, well, because people, I think, as I say, people, as you just said, people think, oh, well, it's a bit, you know, this is a bit woo woo, isn't it? This is a bit soft. Mm. But actually, yeah. it's really powerful to um, embrace those um, techniques and uh, you, you'll fly, you'll be able to fly. Yeah, I like that. So thank you for all the thank work that you, you do. Thank mm. you for being here. Yeah, um, thank you, Emma. I really enjoyed our conversation and I appreciate you bringing me on. And thank you all for listening.